Hello there, my friends. Welcome to another episode of Genuine Chit Chat that I'm also putting on the feed of Comics in Motion. Now, this is because it's the fourth installment of the all-powerful Disney discussions, which is where myself, Megan, Rhea Carrigan, and Spider-Dan all talk about stuff to do with Disney. Uh, so we've already done our favourite Disney movies, uh, we did the sequels that no one asked for, we did the weird and wonderful world of Disney, the films that Disney doesn't want you to see, uh, and now we're doing it in a kind of a loop. We each get a turn of choosing what kind of movies we we are it was Megan's pick and she chose the Disney Pixar movies so we're talking about four movies today Up, Inside Out, Wall-E and Coco we're comparing them talking about common themes why they're each of our respective favorites or why we chose that movie in particular and it's a great old conversation you know as always with these Disney discussions it's lots of fun lots of laughing lots of silliness and uh, Megan's taking the helm on this one uh, which is not something that happens too often as if anyone listened to the last Disney discussions she claims to not be a podcaster uh, even though she is in countless podcasts and even has her own Patreon podcast, uh, which is obviously on my genuine chit chat Patreon feed, Afterthoughts with myself. Um, but without delving into that, obviously make sure you check out the description. It shows where you can find the other three episodes of Disney Discussions. That's episode one and two are on the feed of Genuine Chit Chat, episodes 155, 163. And the third discussion is on the feed of Spider Dan and the Secret Boars and was released in late September 2022. There's also a link in the description for a YouTube playlist, uh, which has all of those as well as little prequel one uh, that Spider-Dan did before we kind of went on this venture of Disney discussions so loads of great ways to listen to these amazing conversations and there's not really much else to say here without going off on a big old ramble so thank you for listening regardless of what feed you are on and if you want to watch the full video version of this you can go over to youtube.com slash genuine chit chat although it is going to be a few days after release of this so if you are desperate to hear this conversation it may be best to stick to audio only but if you're listening to this a few days after release or if you can wait and you'd rather watch the full video then go over to youtube just subscribe and you'll be told as soon as it comes out but thank you so much for listening as always friends um i'll be back at the end just to give a little bit more information of what's to come for genuine chit chat and a few other bits and pieces so thank you so much and without further ado here is disney discussions number four pixar's powerful películas which means movies in spanish give us an opportunity to make you develop our own opinion you know i mean how dare we how dare we develop our own opinions <laughs> Hi everyone, it's Ria, the host of Femme on Film, where a guest and I talk about films made by women, starring women, for women. These are films that have often been overlooked or unfairly derided, or where female filmmakers haven't been given the same chances as their male counterparts. And sometimes it's just a chance to talk about films that we love that happen to be made by women. If you like fun, insightful and patriarchy smashing chats about film, come and have a listen. Femon Film is part of the Comics and Motion Network and can be found on all your podcast apps. So come and join us. Smash the paint, <laughs> Welcome to Genuine Chit Chat, where we have honest conversations with interesting people. And I'm your host, Mike Burton. So, we are here for yet another Disney Discussions. I think this is technically number four, so we've each had a go uh, at hosting. And I'm going to be giving the hosting uh, opportunities to Megan. Yeah, uh, which is fun. Uh, Megan loves <laughs> podcasting and being the host, and 
you just love it in every way. It's it's amazing. So do you want to introduce our guests or would you like me to have that honour? I would like you to do that, please. Okay. Uh, well, obviously we've got Megan here. Uh, hello. Hello. And then we've got Rhea. Hi. Um, and then we've got Dan. <laughs> hello. Spider Dan. The ever spectacular, ever amazing Spider Dan, to be more specific. Yes. Um, that, that hey, me or Rhea get a fantastic entrance because like that. You we don't need to big ourselves up like that's that. Why. We've got enough <laughs> that's, confidence. That, that's the real reason why. That's the real reason. Men have fragile egos, so we just yeah. like we need me especially. You know, Dan Dan has to give himself compliments because not enough people give him compliments. You, you uh, need is... that hype man, don't you? Whereas we're just like yeah. <laughs> the fluffer. It's badass because yeah, because <laughs> the spider fluffer. <laughs> spider fluffer. I, <laughs> Do you know what? I bet there is a spider fluffer for spiders like doing it. Yeah, it's Dan. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> just uh if, if you're not, watching, not watching the video not watching the video version of this i was uh wanking off two miniature spiders there uh, with, my, with my hands um off to a good start disney oh, awesome uh, exactly there's no dongs in this one though no dongs that, go spider to dongs. spider dance go to spider dongs spider dongs and the secret balls <laughs> Yes, uh, so obviously uh, yourself should have listened to all the other Disney discussions, otherwise you're a fool. Uh, but this time Megan got to decide the topic and she is going to vaguely guide us. And She's got lots of fun facts and information and blah about that sort of stuff. So without further ado, the host of this episode, please take it away, Megan. What's the subject and why did you decide on this one? Well, we're doing Disney Pixar. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't really know how we decided on it. I mean, we've done loads of other stuff, so we just went for Disney <laughs> I th- Pixar. <laughs> I think we said, can we watch something that's not shit, please? Yeah. <laughs> not too weird in a bad way and not <laughs> and too not terrible shit. and, you know, soulless. So I guess we'll just go through and say our films. Oh, like So I chose Coco. That Great was choice. my choice. Mike, what was your choice? I chose, in my opinion, the most underrated Disney Pixar film, which is Wall-E. I love that you think Wally's underrated. Bless you. Most people I know have never seen it. And if you, who are if, you friends with? Dan. Dan hadn't seen it before. <laughs> I had. I had, you liar. <laughs> I'd seen it. I'd seen all of these before. No, I, I was pulling your leg. But no, a lot of my friends haven't. It's. I, I think if you... I should have looked it up and then I could have backed this up. I didn't realise I was going to get attacked immediately. Um, it but was attacked. It, I'm just really... I'm genuinely really surprised that in like in your sphere it's underrated that's like that's really interesting to me and we'll talk about it when we get to your when we get to talking to it because i think yeah. that's a really interesting thing that you brought up so i apologize it wasn't meant to be an attack it was i was completely a... joking you need not apologize it was I, i'm gonna look up while uh, megan continues with her amazing hosting job but i'm because these two have to see what films they've chosen because oh, yeah. i've just railroaded everything so i'm gonna look up what made what money and try and prove myself right with no I, I love, evidence on my side you're making i love that you're making just megan's job even harder <laughs> i have to get back on track it's like when i did the um the comics in motion the comics on trial comics on trial um and i was the judge and i had to decide but they kept talking about other things so i had to be like can we can we move on now? <laughs> you did it when it was we were dave doing something <laughs> yeah. as well weren't you and it was constantly like come on guys let's go back to the actual thing we're talking about so <laughs> but Cal- calm down children <laughs> <laughs> uh ria what film did you choose inside out inside out and dan what did you choose i've gone with up up oop oop Oh, oh. going up, hey up. So, uh, because we all got like a a weird little uh, repetition chorus of up there, we'll start (laughs) with you, Dan. Why did you pick up? And can you give us a synopsis? Yes, I can. The reason I chose up was I'm going to cast your minds back. (laughs) 
The year was 2009. Dan was very much in love. It was a first love. It was a lady I'd had sex with. Um, <laughs> the, the first lady I'd had sex with. Um, anyway, uh, moving on. We went to see it. And uh, we were we were enjoying it. Um, I was like, oh, yeah, it's Pixar. It's fun. We'll, we'll see it. It was in Blackpool. And we were going to do the illuminations after because that's what you do in Blackpool because there's fuck all else. <laughs> uh, so we went to see it. And I was like, yeah, Pixar's fine. It's fun. It'll be nice and wholesome. Little did I know. Um, again, going to take you back a little bit further. I don't think I'd cried for about... I don't know, a good few years, like, had an actual cry. Um, I think it might be because I'm dead inside. Um, <laughs> but uh, what what happened was the opening scene. You go, you, 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 the advertising's quite nice. You've got, you know, the old man. He's got a house. There's balloons. There's a big bird. There's, there's, a, there's a scout, you know. It looks like a fun, it looks like a fun time. Little did I know, <laughs> we went in and we see the opening scene uh, of this young couple meeting, getting together, growing old together, falling in love, finding out they can't have children, carrying it on, falling in love further, and then she dies. This is the first 10 minutes <laughs> of probably of the film. And you think, fuck, where are we going from here? <laughs> only, <laughs> only up. No. <laughs> Roll credits. Uh, so I was, I was, I was on the edge of of bawling my eyes out. The rest of the film plays. There's there's a moment at the end where he opens the book again. I won't spoil it in case you haven't seen it. But he opens the book. He reads a little message from from his deceased wife, and I started bawling like a child <laughs> for hours. I, I shit you not, hours and hours. We, we came out, I'm crying. I managed to compose myself. I'm back. I'm like, I'm okay, I'm okay. And, you know, I look into the lady I'm in love with at the time and I just break down again. It's like, it's a bit like Chandler from Friends. The 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 dam had been burst, <laughs> had been yeah. broken and all the floods of tears were coming through and we're going down through the illuminations and I can't stop crying. <laughs> it's just keep, keep crying. And she's crying and even she's like, get a fucking grip, mate. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so yeah, uh, so this was a fun film. Uh, no, um, I do, I do really like the film. I think, uh, apart from all the all the trauma, uh, which I think, I think, I think Disney does quite well. They know how to kind of hit those, especially like Coco as well, which I'm sure you talk about. That was a big cry for me. Me and Natalie watched that together, and we were both like, <laughs> you know. Um, but yeah, up is. I, I should probably do the synopsis instead of over. <laughs> I've done a lot of oversharing recently on podcasts. I feel like I've done it again. Uh, so here we go. Synopsis. Uh, yes, so we got that. The old man is, you know, he's tired, he's old. Um, they're going to knock down his house and he's like, and he he's never going to move, he's stubborn, but then he accidentally injures one of the workers and they sue him, loses all his money, and they're like, right, we're going to build out your house, you're going to go have to live in this home. And he goes, nope, I'm going to follow my dreams, follow my wife what to do do this and we were going to go to this paradise falls so he, he and he's good at balloons that's his thing whatever <laughs> that is a balloonist uh, a balloon man and ties up all his balloons to his house lifts it into the air and he 
flies to Paradise Falls. But little does he know, an annoying scout he met earlier, uh, or is it Wilderness Ranger? Explorer. Wilderness Explorer. Thank you, Megan. Um, he is He's trying to earn his badges, and he is trying to look for a made-up bird because this old man is really angry and crotchety, and he's voiced by Ed Asner, who uh, takes me back to my childhood as well because he was my J. Jonah Jameson in the 90s animated Spider-Man. Mm. So I, I have a real kind of... And he was in all these other stuff, all this other animated stuff as well, uh, gargoyles and various other things. And and it was a so that was there was a strong link there with that voice and that that character, um, and I love the the story of I'm, I'm doing a proper Rhea synopsis. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm like I'm going to keep mine tight after. Yeah, absolutely. we might not have time for the other films. Off, this might just have to be one. about up. Uh, so yeah, goes he goes uh, goes to Paradise Falls. Kevin is under the house. Not Kevin. That's the bird. Uh, Russell. <laughs> Russell. So, see, I'm are you actually today. channeling me? I feel like I think you are. so. I'm Should I just leave? Do you want to do both our parts? <laughs> no, uh, Russell is under <laughs> the wilderness. Explorers under the house, and throughout the throughout the uh, the mission is to get the house on Paradise Falls. And there is an old explorer trying to find uh, who inspired uh, the main characters to go out and have adventures. Is old and and he's evil and trying to steal the bird uh, to show you know to prove that he's not a, a fraud. Um, <laughs> What is this? <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Um, yeah. So, uh, and throughout the story, we learn that he basically becomes a nicer man, the old man, because he he opens he opens up to love and adventure and all sorts of of good stuff. And again, it's very weird. I love Doug the the dog um, <laughs> because. I just think what a genius character, what a genius way to perform. I don't know if it's the writing or the performance or both, um, but it's the best character in the film because that is exactly how a dog would act and talk if it could talk. Um, but yes, uh, so it's yeah, it's kind of a fun adventure. It's 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 a, a nice odd out a couple of outcasts, odd couple kind of thing going on as well. Um, but I really like it and I think it's sweet and it, it does all the things I want a good Pixar movie to do. Very nice. Uh, may I ask, Dan, is this, did you choose this film because it's your favourite or is it just because it means something to you and it's a little, it's not among maybe the most famous ones in air quotes? Well, I guess kind of is. Up's pretty famous. Yeah, but I, I think of like Toy Story and Bugs Life, many Toy Stories, like the main, Toy Story and Monsters Inc. I think yeah. are kind of the, the air quotes main Pixar movies as well as Frozen. Frozen's yeah, I, I, I think it. I think no, probably because it. Silly. I think probably because it touched me in a in a in a, u- a unique way at a time where I think I was very like you know probably needed to open up a bit more and be a bit more emotional and uh, yeah I think so I, I mean I like a lot of the Pixar films like I think all the ones we picked are very good but I think for this one I think it was that kind of emotional connection and and I think it was just like I was just along for the ride all the way through it it was. Um, it just had everything I wanted and did all the things I wanted it to do, but surprised me at the same time. Um, but yeah, I think it's a beautiful film, and I think it's it says a lot about kind of. I think it's got some daddy issues in there as well, which I'm you know, we've talked about before uh, with me <laughs> and just before this podcast as well. Uh, so, <laughs> so I think that that you know that kind of wanting to you know you know he want the. Um, Russell wants to find his dad and prove to his dad that he's, you know, a man or he's good. He's trying to prove something about himself. Uh, And then the surrogate father kind of comes in. And I like that idea of, 
people find their family. You know, as, as much as I, you know, I love my family. I think I have stronger connections with the people I've found in my life in acting communities, podcast communities, and much, much more. Yeah, absolutely. I I think all four of these films, starting with Wally, is the real. These are my possibly my four Toy Story threes up there. So like in my top top five, maybe top six, seven Pixar films. But I think really starting with Wally, this is where we start getting much more mature, adult, interesting, complex themes. And I think we see that in 2008 with Wally, and then they just rev that up with Up. You know, they go, actually, people are known as really how they're made. Sometimes they're often made alongside each other or years before and stuff, stuff like that. But there's something in the release, the way these are coming out, you know, there's an appetite after Wally for more conscious content for people, more conscious films for people to consume. And I think this really fits into that. And I'm with you. I love, you know, you know how I feel about found family. I bang on about every bloody podcast I'm in. You know, it's one of my favourite things. And this film is absolutely that for me, that bond that... Well, we get it first, don't we? We get it at the very beginning between Carl and Ellie. So we see that Ellie's family in just one small scene at the wedding scene, Ellie's family's like over the top, excitable, yes. loving. There's lots of them. Mm. Carl's family is not. We see that they're sat there. They're all very serious. They don't, you know, all very grim looking, even when he's little and broken his arm. So he finds his family. He's at the cinema by himself. Yeah. which I think is incredibly telling in the beginning. He has gone to the cinema as a small boy by himself. Not a single one of his family is there with him to, to be interested in what he's interested in, right? You know, when we're kids, we just want our parents to be excited about what we're excited about. Just fake it if you're a parent, by the way. Just pretend that you care because that means more to a kid than anything else. And none of his parents are there. None of his family's there. And then he meets Eddie, so he finds his family. They just happen to fall in love and they want to create this family together. They can't, they can't have children. They choose not to adopt for whatever reason. So then they're not, you know, he's found his family. Then that person dies. He needs to find a new family. He needs to find that new person. He gets that with Russell. And I just think that's really lovely that it shows that through every stage of your life, you can find your family. You can find somebody you can connect with. You can build those relationships well, I think that's really hard. I think for so many old people, they are lonely and isolated. And I'm, <laughs> I'm not saying we'll go out and find like a wilderness explorer, but I think this shows the other side of that. You know, it shows why he's grumpy and isolated and sad and why he's the way he is. And it shows that if we just have a little bit of compassion, maybe we can actually make connections with people who are actually incredibly lonely. Hmm. And I find uh, jumping off that idea is is one of the few not just Disney Pixar, but just animated films where you have an old person who isn't either a villain, a wizard, or dies in the movie. Mm. Like That's normally what happens. Uh, yeah. And so he's actually a character who you see grow. And this is a new chapter. Obviously, we're going to be spoiling these films too. Not to the mo- for the most part, people should have seen them. We tried to spoil the, the very ends, but it kind of shows... But when the film ends, you kind of feel like he's starting a new chapter. Mm. You know, at the start of the film, it feels like he might he's ending one, and you don't know if that's the chapter or the book that he's ending. But by the end of the film, you realize it is a new chapter and he, he seems very old and they could have, you know, done certain things like they have done with other characters, but they don't. He's, he's quite unique. And I'd say with that, when I first watched it actually, which was only about a year or so after it came out, I wasn't that fussed on it. Um, I thought Doug was funny. I thought it was a good movie, but it didn't really connect with me in that sort of way. I mean, this came out, was it 2009 or 2008 ish? 
So or you said 2008. Yeah, 2009. You, yeah. Yeah. Uh, there we go. Probably so it was you know, 13 yeah. odd years ago. So, you know, I was just a teenager then. I hadn't, I don't think at that point I'd really been in love fully or I'd just been in a relationship or two. I hadn't really experienced that. So when I watched it again this time, which is only my second time, it hits completely differently. Yeah. Uh, like just thinking about, and what I've been through since that point in my life, obviously everyone knows about genuine chit chat stuff, but also with my relationship with Megan, you know, we've been together for over four years and we've got a house together and a dog and all these sorts of other things. We're looking to, you know, be together forever. And it's seeing a film like this when you have that or have at least experienced that, it hits very differently to when you're a kid. So although it's got the Doug parts and the Russell character and these fun, cool bits, it is, as Rhea said, I feel like one of the most uh, mature films, or at least it, it it can connect with a much more mature audience. I know that Megan, especially you, this film fucked me up. <laughs> <laughs> it absolutely ruined me. I like I'd seen it, <laughs> I'd seen it once before, and like I remembered the beginning bit, but I didn't remember anything that else that happened in the movie. <laughs> um, but classic me. <laughs> Because I'm like, you're talking about like Wally, and I'm like, oh, what the fuck happened at the end of Wally? <laughs> like, I actually, legit can't remember. But um, yeah, this film destroyed me. Within the first like however many minutes of the film, I was bawling my eyes out, and then it's intermittently throughout the film, I would then just continuously start crying again. It was it was horrible, especially for me because it links to like I don't know, South America is like just somewhere that I've always wanted to go. And like before I met Mike, my plan was to go to South America and teach English out there for a year. So I just have like a connection with that area of the world. Because the mountains are the based on some specific. Uh, well, Paradise Falls is in is in South America. Okay. Um, or it's it's supposed to be. Mm. Um, but yeah, no, this film, this it really cut me. Like. It, the, the worst bit for me where I was like proper bawling my eyes out and this isn't a spoiler because it happens within the first 10 minutes of the movie is when he goes and buys the, the tickets to go and then she dies I was just like I, I can't deal with that that oh, was awful hmm. and then every so often in the film I'd be like oh I just remembered <laughs> and I'd start crying again <laughs> Mike's like what's wrong with you <laughs> you've got Doug on the screen and then you've got like bull everyone look at the bull <laughs> <laughs> It, it doesn't up. let up though, does it? So you get that at the beginning, and then almost immediately after, you get him accidentally assaulting the person at his house, and you see his world crumbling. And then you start to feel a bit sad when Russell's there because you hear, because you are, because you're listening as the viewer mm. to what Russell's talking about. Carl, as the character, isn't. Mm. He's ignoring it. So you're getting all these horrible, sad hints of poor Russell and his life. Mm. And then you get the then you get that he thinks it's all over and done with and he's like betrayed Kevin the bird and and Russell. So that's like sad. And then you get him looking at the book, which is just absolutely devastating. Um, but also I am in agreement with Ellie. I think people often forget that just life in general is an adventure and we should see it as such. You don't have to do big things all the time. Just go on little adventures in your life. Lovely, agree. And then you get the end with the grape soda badge Mm, yeah. it's like what are you trying to do to me like, and also like the end six, with the house six touch points with me crying thanks I don't need that on like a Tuesday afternoon when I'm supposed <laughs> to be working <laughs> <laughs> have you got time for a quick call Ria yeah <laughs> I've got to go plug in my laptop <laughs> yeah I think this is a really good film and us having Willow as well like I already knew obviously you don't need to have owned a dog to appreciate 
Doug the character. Oh, it made me appreciate but, Doug the character more now having owned a dog. Because <laughs> I was like, that's literally what she'd be like. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the things like, um, I don't know you, but I love you. <laughs> that's, that's straight away. Squirrel. Uh, the squirrel bit kills me. That's, yeah. that's I think that idea of just so simple, so clever, is one of my favourite just jokes in all animation. Mm. I think it's so, so good, that by itself. And rewatching this film, I did... It really, it was a kind of film where I, I wasn't like not looking forward to it necessarily, but it was mm. the one I was kind of least, I thought I'd like the least. Um, I won't be rushing to watch it again because although I didn't cry, there were parts and I was like, mm, your chest is tightening. This is hitting me, but not quite <laughs> crying enough, but I'm feeling something. And uh, I'm like, yeah, I need a, I liked that some of these, they all hit differently in different ways, but I was like, I'm glad they're all like this because then I would have been a mess. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're all like pretty. We've all chosen pretty emotional, mm. emotional ones. Like I was a bit like, "Wow, we've really done something to ourselves here." <laughs> yeah, with a running theme of family. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Kevin's uh, amazing as well. <laughs> a Kevin heart Burks. that hurts is a heart that works. So. <laughs> Beautiful. So uh, yeah, so if uh, if you if you feel something, then it's then they're doing the job right. They're doing unless something. it's anger, unless anger is the emotion that you're feeling. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I mean, I mean, yeah, I guess. Which is how <laughs> I felt towards what was that stupid dragon film that we had to watch? <laughs> dragon Slayer was a masterpiece. <laughs> one um one note uh, still connecting with the sort of. I'd watch. I would watch Dragon Slayer off after, before I'd watch Bambi Two or Moon. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Oh, I'd <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know if it was that one. I, th- I think I'd rather watch Bambi Two, uh, mainly because it's it feels a lot shorter because it is. Um, but no, Dragon Slayer felt like one of the longest films I'd seen. So long. It, it was pretty rough. But with it, it Up, wasn't I want- great. It wasn't great. <laughs> no, it wasn't the best. But with Up, there's one line that uh, while we're still on the somewhat somber subject is uh, there's a quote which is the boring stuff is what i remember the most mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, yeah that's that's the kind of stuff when you have someone who has passed away who's close to you that's the kind of stuff you remember like mm-hmm. i equate it in a lot of ways to obviously what happened to my dad and it's like i don't think of all these holidays we went on or any of that it's just the little small things like him showing me star wars or him reading his newspaper watching indiana jones like those sorts of things so i found like once again that hit and linking with that in the credits you get to see them the two of the characters go and watch star wars in the mm. cinema which is fun i love that it's mm. so nice and russell's just like what? <laughs> <laughs> it reminded me of a of a, a podcast uh me and ria did recently where uh we were talking about the crow uh during our shock phobia fest no spoilers season. no spoilers but there is a line in it where where he says you know uh, nothing is trivial Mm. So I'll I won't say I won't say any more than that, but it's very much in line with what you just said. Yeah. Should we move on to the next movie? Otherwise, I don't think we're going to have enough time. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> yeah, guys. You <laughs> <laughs> but right everyone enjoyed up. up. Pardon? I said he right reared that up. <laughs> I, I, I did. It was a rear. <laughs> I pulled a rear. <laughs> you pulled a rear. Okay. Well, pulling a rear. Let's go to rear and see if she can. Uh, Pull of someone else. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've ever, ever channeled anyone who's succinct before, but I'll try my best. Um, yeah, so my choice was Inside Out. So it's released in 2015. 
Um, Inside Out is about a young girl called Riley and it's about what happens inside her head. She has five main emotions, joy, sadness, anger, fear and disgust. And they are embodied as small characters in her head who have control panel. Riley's life is changing. She moves to San Francisco from Minnesota, starts a new school. And she starts to not be the joyful person she's always been, falls into depression. And it's about how the characters inside her head then react to that, how they try to fix her and what the outcome of that is. There you go. Done. Awesome. Succinct. So, so, much better, so much better than mine. <laughs> what better, Dan? Different. Different, Different exactly. Come on. Shorter, shorter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, so why did I choose Inside Out? I think this is probably the best Pixar film, in my personal opinion. I think it's such an unexpected film that came from Pixar in terms of if you told me that Pixar was going to create a film that's inside an 11-year-old girl's head, it's all these little characters that's going to deal with possibly the most accurate way I've ever seen anything showing depression in my entire life, I would have been like, what are you talking about, Pixar? Just, you know, just cool robots that fly in space and toys and stuff like that. And I think it's an exceptional film. I think it should be taught to people. I think it should be shown to people and taught to people. Um, just the way it embodies depression, it shows how depression manifests. I think it's got incredible messages for parents. Um, I actually learned like my best parenting thing from this film, and I watched it before I had a kid, which is it's not your child's responsibility to make you make you happy, and they shouldn't have to be happy all the time, that you need to spend your time with them and all their emotions, helping them understand those emotions, embrace those emotions, that makes them a better person, makes them a healthier person. It shows you that joke that um, that emotions are okay. We It talks about how you can't experience joy without sadness, which I think is an incredible message for people. I love that they took it seriously as well. So one of the, they had two, uh, psychologists or specialists as well who were there talking about depression and how it works. So they had like the founding faculty director of something called the Greater Good Science Centre at Berkeley University. He he was a consultant on it. So they took it seriously. You know, this could have just been a fun, silly romp about little characters that you have in your head. And don't get me wrong, this film is hilarious. This film has my all-time favourite Pixar joke and one of my favourite jokes ever, which is facts and opinions. So they're on a train and there's little boxes, (laughs) one's labelled facts and one's labelled opinions. They knock it over and Joy, the character, goes, oh, no, these facts and opinions look so similar. And that's it. (laughs) That's the joke. I'm like, fucking hell, it's so good. Like, it's so hilarious. We get Bing Bong and his tragic demise. Oh, that's a spoiler. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And I just think it's it's got really important messages about how we can navigate the world. You know, I think... The characters are called the, what they're called for a reason. You know, Joy is called Joy. She's not called happiness. She's called Joy. Yeah. You know, it, it, and I think that's what's so special about this film. I, I agree. It's um, I, I, I although it's not my favorite Disney Pixar film, I think it's easily one of the best. And I think that this is if I had one film 
in the world to show a child this would probably be it i think as you say there's the elements with the sort of core memories and the way that they show that you know certain memories change and that's okay and it can depend on your headspace or where you are in your life but most core memories have sad and happy parts and there's that key moment in the film as you uh, sort of mentioned Rio, which is you have the happy memory and then sadness kind of rewinds it and it's actually a sad memory but you put them together and you can't have the happiness without the sadness. If you feel sad, but people bring you out of that, you then get the happiness. And I've described it in Genuine Church Chat and other places before where if you had no emotion or you only had happiness, it for me, it equates to flatlining. Because if you th- think about a heartbeat up and down, up and down on those machines, that's what life and emotions are like. That's You can't have the peaks without the bounds. You can't have you can't like build a mountain with dirt without digging a hole first it's all of those sorts of yin and yang sort of parts and i think the thing that perfectly encapsulates that is that joy is the only character who isn't purely her color like her hair and her skin all of them are you know basically one color i think anger actually might have a bit of sort of black in his hair unless that's the mustache versions of the older ones but generally they're all sort of their one color sadness definitely is all blue but joy's eyes and her hair are both blue that's showing that you can't experience joy without a little bit of sadness and i just found that that element of things when i looked into it a little bit more when the kind of the end reveal all sort of happens and everything falls into place i was like that is mad you look it up to remind yourself. <laughs> no, I was looking it up to see if she had any red because I remembered that her dress was green, which is obviously disgust. Mm. And then I was looking to see if she had any red or purple, but she doesn't. She, it's, it's like blue, green and yellow. Yeah. I guess I guess she's the leader, isn't she, isn't she kind yeah. of, of, of the group. Mm. Um, what I noticed as well when we go inside the parents' heads mm. is the the mum is led by by sadness, I think. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I think the dad is led by anger in his yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, thought so. I thought that was really telling as well and quite interesting to see how there and how the the communication or non-communication is happening i i, I really appreciated that like the idiot man's not fucking listening like, <laughs> not paying attention i was like yeah he's he's not um but yeah i i really liked it i quite enjoyed i'm pretty sure there was there was um there was a <laughs> there was a, a gay joke but not a not like a, a you know a, a slur or anything like that and she's talking about like bears in San Francisco, and she's like, "Oh, there's no bears in San Francisco." And I'm like, "Is this like a gay joke that the the staff have snuck past Disney because they're, they're moving to San Francisco, which is obviously known for a huge LGBTQ plus community?" So I, I just, I'm just thinking, I was like, "They must, they must know what they're doing. <laughs> this is that intelligent a film. They must know what they're doing with this." But I, I don't know. I, I, I'm going to assume that as much. I think because obviously, I mean, Disney is starved for for LGBTQ plus content, yeah. and even when it does come, uh, people are like, ah. <laughs> "How dare you actually reflect everybody yeah. in society? How dare you? Oh, That's outrageous!" Like, like Buzz, Buzz Lightyear, I saw recently. And we haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. No spoilers. I won't, I won't spoil it, but there is. <laughs> There is a same know, sex, Dan. There's a same sex kiss. There's a same sex kiss. And it's barely a peck on the cheek. Like it's so like not even a half a second. It's not like, you know, two people tonguing each other hardcore. It is just a innocent, lovely, you know, show of affection. Um, but we go fucking ape shit every time. I want happens. them to go hardcore. I'm like, do it. That's friends it. friends of the same gender kiss each other on the cheeks sure. and lips and mm-hmm. hug. Mm-hmm. Share beds. Mm-hmm. 
Let's go for it. Have a nice kiss. Lovely. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um... <laughs> also, also, there's, there's something I want to bring up. Uh, Bing Bong and Joy are murderers in this. Mm. Oh, yeah. So so we go into the Cloud City, not not oh, the yeah. Star not the Star Wars one, Mike. Cloud Town, sorry, Cloud Town. And uh and Bimbong's running through and he he it, the guy's because he knocks over or or like breaks his house and he's like, What are you doing? Get away. And he he sneezes on him and he, <laughs> he dissipates. <laughs> and then right just prior to the finale, uh, Joy's running through, and the, the wife of that cloud person <laughs> is being interviewed by the cops of the cloud town. And and she's like, yes, my husband looked like this, and this man did this. And, uh, and, and then Joy runs through her, and then the, the two policemen are like, and then they reference Chinatown, and they're like, forget about it, Jake, it's cloud town. Um, and I was just like... Murder, I guess. But there's also there's also um the imaginary boyfriend, the one that's like, yeah. I would die for Riley. I would die for Riley. <laughs> she literally you all just do. kills a million yeah. Riley. Um not Riley's a million imaginary boyfriends. Mm. I'd like I'd like to know where she's the villain. She's one hundred percent the villain. She makes Riley depressed and then she just murders everybody in her imagination. And she's really mean to sadness. She's so mean to sadness. Stand in this circle and don't leave. (laughs) (laughs) But that's so good as well, right? Because that's a really funny moment. And she says, Stand in the circle and don't leave. But also she's saying suppress an emotion. Mm. And you know, and people who are struggling do that or you know you know people who want to tell you know pretend to the world that they're okay do that they go suppress the sadness put that in a little box put that you know file it away and just pretend to be happy all the time and i'm like this is why this film's so good plus broccoli on pizza is a great through line joke because you see when she was a baby and she does not like broccoli and then it's on pizza and she doesn't like it like we've got everything we've got you know real complex mental health issues and broccoli on pizza. And my favourite thing is where they um, keep sending up the memory of, yeah. of the commercial. <laughs> the gum commercial. <laughs> oh my. Is it like, what is it, Dentafresh or something? Yeah. It just keeps popping up. And then the other character gets it, doesn't it? Because there's that part about halfway through the film where you get to kind of see certain characters and inside their heads. And that's... Oh no, sorry, it's the it's post- right credits. at the end. It's like the, the post-credits yeah. scene. At that yeah. point, is you see loads of characters and obviously you get the parents' uh, discussion, which is one of my favourite parts of the whole movie. I could just... I mean, they are making an Inside Out too, and I'm like, mm. go full hand with it. I just want to see almost every character interaction and we get to see inside their heads. Yeah. That was my favourite so one's clever. the cat one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just, having got two kittens, so accurate. <laughs> like the most accurate thing I've ever seen. I think one of my favourite bits is just the, the dream theatre and like... <laughs> and like yeah. I like fear is like reviewing it. It's like, oh, this is so cliche. And oh yeah, here comes the thing. And yeah, it's just like it's like a TV studio. I, I loved all of that stuff. And she's like, Well, we've got to we've got to, you know, scare her and do weird stuff. And then they absolutely just absolutely create a whole nightmare situation, which I, I really, really enjoyed. I, I thought it was a lot of fun. And I think if if we're talking about sequels, I think out of all of the the Pixar films, I think 
this has the most potential for more sequels because yeah. you can all you have to do is oh something else happens to Riley she has a baby she you know she gets married she whatever she goes into a coma you know I don't know there's so much you could play with and and what happens to the characters or you know or the parents get a divorce you know something like that you know there's there's so much untapped potential for just that idea alone I would watch a whole series I mean we've got four bloody Toy Story movies about toys dicking about. So I think we can have at least a good few, like, you know, five five inside outs, I oh, think. Yeah. I completely agree with that. And oh, I, don't, I, I haven't got anything else to say. Sorry. <laughs> Took I don't know you're apologising to me. You're the host. Um, yeah, I liked it. Everyone liked it. <laughs> yeah. Do you not think so it was right, just okay? Yeah. No, so right. To be honest, it's none right. of these films, none of these films, I think are all just all right. I love all of these movies. Yeah. yeah. Then none of them are like, it, it would be, I'm trying to think of the right, this is why I can't, I shouldn't host. I can't no, get my words out. It doesn't matter. Uh, it wouldn't do any of these films justice if my, my response was, yeah, it was all right. Because they're all fantastic. I mean, but we all we all want a yeah, it was all right, Megan. Though I mean, come on, <laughs> if we don't have that, why are we even here? <laughs> We've got to get a, a that's funny in here as well. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> I mean, I want I want to give me a willy. That's what I want. <laughs> what I'm imagining now is everyone has like a bingo card of sayings. <laughs> I'm like, doing yes, that for the next Megan one. Megan Bingo. Megan Bingo. Next one. Don't podcast. say anything until the end, and then be like, right, Megan, yeah. This many times. We have to do some of the weirder Disney films. Films, not the like not our top tier ones to sure. be able to get yeah. Megan to do that because all these are like gold standard don't worry don't worry i'll i'll, I'll bring them back i'll bring them back <laughs> bring can we not have to, it's you choosing next isn't it mike can we make sure it's not dan <laughs> <laughs> we, that's why we're taking it in turns but I've don't got, worry it's, it's gonna not, be a special it, it's, it's gonna be a bonus it's, special next oh time. yeah it's it is so, isn't it yeah but we'll get into that oh, a little yeah. bit later we'll stay oh tuned. yeah mm. but we're at about halfway point is that you, do you want me to go or do you want to go um do you know what we'll save? We'll save Coco for last. We'll go yeah. for yours. Ooh. Right then. Uh, so this was a film uh, called Wally, and I believe it's one of the most underrated Disney films. And I looked up how much money all of our films made, and it somewhat evidenced my thoughts. So um, Wally made um, five hundred thirty-two million. At the, uh, this is the worldwide box office, so not including DVD sales or that sort of stuff. So five hundred thirty odd million. Up made seven hundred thirty odd million. Inside Out, 850-odd million, and Coco, nearly 800 million. So this made almost half of what so your films, at minimum 200 million difference. So this is much lower, and I compared it to each of the... I just looked at a list of how much money Disney Pixar films have made, and this is among the bottom five. Wow, the, is it really? Car, yeah, Bugs Life and Toy Story 1 both made... 350 odd million but they were made when cinematics were cheaper so i don't know if you adjusted that how that would affect things obviously be, they would go up in inflation yeah, right? yeah exactly yeah. so i don't know if that's been adjusted because if it hadn't been then maybe it would actually be higher but obviously that was also the studio starting out and things so who knows or the 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 uh the partnership between disney pixar uh, and then the cars movies cars made less and then so did two and three um so apart yeah, from those because they're shit the <laughs> cars one's all right Cars. Cars one is fantastic. Yeah, but I've not. I don't. Yeah, I would say, it, but it is. It. It, it is just a remake of of Doc Hollywood, though, isn't it? I don't know what well, that I've is. Never seen I mean, that, so Doc in my Holly- eyes, never seen Doc. <laughs> you need to I've see never Doc even Doc heard of it. I've never heard of it. Either. You need to see wow. Doc Hollywood. Doc Hollywood is a classic. Awesome. Yeah, make we'll Michael J. Fox in his prime. <laughs> yeah, he wants to be a plastic surgeon. Get stuck in in some backwater town. 
I learned the true meaning of found family. Yes, oh, there, <laughs> we there we go. go. There we uh, go. But yeah, so it's among the least uh, popular Disney films. Uh, it's all, basically the money shows that between half and a quarter of the amount of people went and saw this than these other movies, uh, which is quite massive. Um, so I believe this is probably the most underrated Disney film because aside from Cars, as we've said, which I think first cars is pretty good but it's not amazing and i haven't seen the other two because i have no interest in car sequels i just feel like this film does things a lot different it took a risk obviously it's very mm. sci-fi-esque as well which probably helps because you know I-, I like this little indie film called star wars i don't know if anyone knows about it um but with this film it's funny because before i watched it i didn't watch it at the cinema this was around the time that i stopped going and watching disney pixar movies at the cinema because i was like I'm a teenager now. I'm too good for this. I want to watch cool films, <laughs> even though these are amazing. Um, so I watched this so years young, later. So young. I know. I know. <laughs> uh, so I watched it years later on DVD or something like that. Um, and I was just blown away. I was like, why are more people not talking about this? And I think a lot of people in my generation probably did a similar thing. It was around the time that it kind of went off and trying to, I think when you see the adverts for it, it can't go into the depth of what this film delves into without spoiling what the plot does because for the first um i wrote it down uh it's like the first 35 minutes until he gets to the ship and then you don't get dialogue until about 40 minutes which is almost halfway through the film apart from the odd word he says or either there's no full dialogue for the film for, until 40 and at 35 minutes is when he goes to the ship and interacts with some of the other robots and things so this film just did something so different for me it really surprised me and funnily enough, when we watched it, Megan, you were probably looking forward to watching this the least, weren't you? I really didn't want to... I, so again, I, I can't really remember the ending of this film. Right. But I did really enjoy it this time around. I'm pretty sure it made me cry. Yeah. Um, But yeah, Wally... I've only seen it once before and it was with Mike. So it was within the past four years. Um, But yeah, I wasn't fussed about watching it. But also it was, it was when we were originally meant to record it. So it was the <laughs> no, it was the day after. So we watched it the day before. So because we had a time limit on it, I was like, "Ugh, we have to watch this mm. film." Yeah. Um, but I did really enjoy it. Yeah, and I, I just think this is a film that so many people haven't seen, and so many people would enjoy it. And you could almost, with all of these films, you can do this. But I feel like with this, you could do a whole podcast taking apart every fifteen minutes of this film. There's a whole podcast in just looking at all the background stuff or what Wally has in his cool little oh, yeah. compartment, which is actually the body of one of the bigger Wally bot things as well. I think Wall A's or something. Um, but it's it's just there's so many levels to this, and every time I watch it, I find even more references that are clever, even more things I like, even more jokes, and it does something that a lot of films that have a message don't do that well. And it it really pushes its sort of we need to look out for the planet without and very tactfully without kind of blaming anything really overtly. I think probably for the marketing department, they probably were like, let's not blame anyone. Let's just say this corporation, vague corporation did it, kind of, maybe. They kind of helped. Right, it's but, just humans not looking after the planet. Yeah, that's that's but, the cause. But the corporation it? were kind of the ones who said, look, we'll clean the planet. We'll get everyone off Earth and clean it. And then years later, they're like, actually, we can't. Let's not tell anyone and leave them out there. So that's kind you know, it is them kind of being evil while under the premise they're trying to help. It's a very interesting kind of process on that. But yeah, I just love it. I think Wally is one of the most adorable characters in all Disney. Uh, Disney slash Pixar, whatever. I would love to have a little Wally. You know, he's 
it's it's just one of those things that, and it really shows it toward the end when he like loses his personality and goes back to the norm that it's kind of basically being like he's been doing this for so long he's kind of broken free of his default programming and he's got all these weird little quirks and that's that's basically what's happened to humans that's what happens to dogs compared to like wolves and things everything's got this little personality you've got the little cockroach as well like there's just so many layers to this and i was just laughing the whole time with wally for the first 40 minutes and i just want to cuddle him and the amount of emotion that we felt when he just wanted to hold someone's hand he was just so lonely that's the theme of this film in a lot of ways part of it is about taking care of the planet but a lot of it is loneliness and that's another element that i think these four filmed in different ways all tackle and they all tackle is multi-generational. You know, there's bits that are silly for kids. There's bits for teenagers that can kind of be like, there's a bit more on this. And there's like lessons for adults in a sense. It's just, and I love this film and I would just talk about it forever, but I won't because it's a Disney discussion, not a Disney monologue. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you've already had one of those today. <laughs> <laughs> well, now they've had two. <laughs> oh, I didn't give a synopsis, did I? Okay, yeah. very briefly. Uh, <laughs> oh my God, no, you didn't. No, I didn't. Uh, that There we go, I did one. Uh, very briefly, okay, Wally is on a planet. He's crushing up rubbish because, as I said slightly earlier, humans messed up the planet, all got shot off into space to in, until it gets cleaned. Wally's one of the cleaner bots. He gets approached by a probe that's kind of trying to look down, see if Earth is habitable. He found a plant. Uh, Eva, um, Eve, the robot that was sent down as a probe, finds it and then goes back to the ship. Wally basically hitches a ride uh, and then it's he finds this whole colony of humans that over hundreds of years have basically devolved in certain ways. They're just all in floating chairs and stuff. They're just consuming. It's like capitalism ramped up to a, a, a million in a sense or potentially dystopian future. Um, and then it's basically them trying to beat, spoilers, an evil computer, basically 2001 A Space Odyssey and basically trying to get them back to Earth and get humans back to the way they were. But inadvertently, Wally just wants to hold Eve's hand and is just looking to save his friend. He doesn't even really understand the importance of this little plant he found. He just thinks it's cute and nice. And he's just, he's he just so innocent. He just wants to add it to his collection. He's just so innocent. He's almost like a child, but with, who's a robot in a sense, but all the kind of best qualities that we strive for. And, and it's just that adventure of him trying to find love, basically, or just companionship more than anything, just to have someone to hold and in doing so, because of his core personality of being so good, he saves essentially the entirety of the human race. And it's just a pure story of how small acts of kindness can change the world. And I, I just love it. That was lovely. Thank you. It's a lovely Very film. Good. Very good. Yeah. <laughs> Choose someone to talk, Megan. All right. Go for it, Dan. Um... <laughs> I'll be honest, I think out of the four, this is probably my least favourite, but it's not bad. I don't dislike it. I just don't like it as much as the others, which mm. is fine. Um, I don't know if maybe it's maybe the reason maybe people didn't turn up is that it is robots, maybe, yeah. because mm. I know there's even with Toy Story, they still all have like, you know, they're all some human form to some degree most of them the main characters anyway or um, animals which also is popular yeah, or animals yeah or or you know anthropomorphic animals like mickey mouse or something i think you know i think to some degree and again it might be the same same with cars as well that people aren't like well it's just, just a car um but yeah I, I think i think i actually prefer the the first part where it's yes. like it's post-apocalyptic because that's my jam 
Um, yeah. <laughs> I want to be there after the apocalypse. Just going, <laughs> why am I alive? Collecting um, <laughs> nice little trinkets and things. Like, <laughs> yes, all of these things. I'm like, the, I'm like that guy in the Twilight Zone. He collects all the books. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I think I prefer the almost silent movie aspect mm. to it. I liked that, you know, he's going around, he's doing things. Um, and he's just kind of living his kind of hermit life. But like like you said, he's watching these movies, he's holding hands and stuff. Um, that was really touching. It was a really touching uh, description, actually, Mike. Very well done. I like that. Um, I think, you know, it's fun when they get onto the the ship, but I do feel like it's a little bit of like... It, I mean, it's, it's well-meaning, but I do think it comes across like, fatties! <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a little bit like it look does. how fat they are. Oh, they're dead fat. Isn't isn't fat funny? Um, and I was like, I was like a bit like the message is good. It's fine. You know, it, it works. I don't think it's too preachy or anything. I think it's just it just it, it toes that line really well. I think my my favorite mo- my favorite part of the film is where they're kind of like dancing in the stars, mm. and he's got the fire extinguisher. And I think. <laughs> And I think the love story is is kind of I, I find it very relatable how he <laughs> almost like she sees him as a nuisance <laughs> and then eventually it kind of warms up to him. <laughs> I guess that is quite relatable to me. Um <laughs> but I, I, I quite like that and I, I think it's a nice love story. I forgot how gun happy she was. It was like Yeah, I love like like literally the slightest noise or movement or wind. <laughs> Um, it's like she's a member of the NRA or something. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think it's I think it's a lovely story. I like again, like you were saying, it has this kind of domino effect that everything Wally does, you know, no matter how minuscule, is furthering that you know that story and that future and that you know reemergence of of uh, of humanity and Earth becoming viable again as a uh, place to live. And and yeah, and I I love I love the I love the the captain who's basically just like explain dancing. Mm. Like it's been so many years. He just like mm. they kind of again they've just been in this isolation for so long, they've kind of forgotten who they are and what they do. And he's like, you know, I love that bit where he's like, No, we're doing something today. We're going out, we're doing something because we've always sat on our asses doing nothing. This is it, this is our thing. And obviously the the computer, the ship, or whatever it's called, you know, is is like, nah, don't do it. <laughs> Everyone's dead. Don't worry about it. It's fine. We'll just stay here. It's safe. Um, but I, I like that. I like that, you know, getting that motivation and getting inspired and, and moving past your, your being comfortable. Sure, you want to lay in bed all day. And sometimes I do. But there's other days where I'm like, no, nah, I've got to get shit done today. Stuff's <laughs> got to get done. Podcasts have got to go out. Um, so, <laughs> so that that's it, and uh, so I, I do like it. I don't I don't think it's again. It's not my favorite out of the bunch we've picked, but I think there are some real strong stuff. I'm a big sci-fi fan, so I love all the kind of nods and stuff and uh, and the moments. I absolutely love the little cleaning robot. Yeah, he's mm. the best. He's Mo. my favorite character. Is it Mo? Yeah, <laughs> he's the best. Just constantly like cleaning up Wally's message. Again, very relatable to myself. This character Wally. <laughs> uh, so uh, yeah, I, it's it's great. And again, it's like like Mike said. I couldn't explain it better. But uh, yeah, I I think it is a quality Pixar film. And there's something interesting in the fact that 
Wally, when he's on Earth completely by himself, he becomes more human. The robots who are around humans mm. are more robotic. Mm. They cannot break out of their programming. They're so constricted by their programming. And it is only by meeting Wally that Eve, Eva, becomes more human. She learns to make those connections. And there's something very interesting being told there mm. that, you know, by observing humankind as it used to be, Wally becomes empathetic he gets emotions he becomes lonely you know he cares for his little cockroach buddy you know and then all the robots up on the ship are going to choose my language carefully but are oppressed in some sort of way Hmm. and it just takes him to help them break out of that you know I think there's I agree with you there's there's something problematic about all the humans becoming fat blobs that I don't particularly mm. like, but I get what they're trying to do with the storytelling. Yeah, and, I, and I do think they tread it really well. And I think it's there for a purpose. I don't think it's there to be mocked. It's there no. as like, what would happen to anything if if a corporation took away all of your agency? Because none of those humans have any agency. And we see the captain finally get agency. So I don't think it, I, I don't think it is there to be like, oh, let's mock humans yeah. getting fat. I think it's there to say, what would realistically happen more be the the end game yeah if somebody else took control and it's because the corporation is doing it to control them you know they don't want them to think they want them to sit and just consume and that says a lot about consumerism right well they become like robots don't they and like like yeah exactly they're that the humans are the robots now but then when the screens go off and the screens go away they go oh great oh Oh, there's a window here. I've never seen this and, before. And, and they're still valid people, you know. I, yeah. I think as somebody who is fat themselves, you know, I think there's so much there that show in media that shows that mm. fat people are just defined by fatness. I don't think mm. these these people are. And yeah. we see, you know, they are their own people. They can make connections. It's the, I think the wider story they're tell, trying to tell is about consumerism and, and corporations rather mm. than it is that. Yeah, yeah of course. Um, and then the other bit I, I don't like particularly well is the crazy robots. Like, I kind of get it, but I wish it was done in a slightly different way. I mean, and it's hard to look back to 2008 and go, I think we get ourselves in trouble when we look back at media and go, oh, well, that wasn't sensitive enough to mental health. I think it's a better conversation to have a say, well, how would we present that now? How would that be made now? Let's have a helpful discussion about it. But at the same time, I do like the idea that robots who don't fit into this specific programming, they're talking about people, um, are considered crazy, are put away, you know. And I think that's really interesting. I think this film is trying to tackle so many interesting concepts and that is what makes it good. And then it has so much beauty in it as well, like this dancing space scene, just just Wally. I, see, I don't think he's annoying either. I kind of like, like I, I don't think that does that, that relationship a good enough service because she is just doing her job. She's just doing her programming. And all it takes is him giving her a bit of empathy for her to go actually, maybe I could be a bit like, that's actually, he's having fun. Maybe that dancing looks fun. Cool little light bulb looks fun. And sometimes we're all on our own track in life, right? We're all just doing our thing. And maybe we just need somebody to come along and go, hey, 
look at it from this perspective have a little fun I mean it's also awesome that she just shoots everything (laughs) she's so cool and I just think there's I think there's something about this film so at the beginning of the pandemic my daughter great parenting obviously watched a lot of tv we were working full-time it was the beginning of the pandemic. She was at home. Two films she watched on repeat was Wally and The Incredibles. And The Incredibles was nearly my pick, but I just love Inside Out so much. an incredible film, to be fair. Right. Oh, nice. Um, <laughs> and, um, and there's something about this film that she just got as a two-year-old. And I think it's the lack of dialogue. Mm-hmm. And so at the same time, she's getting everything from the screen. She doesn't need the dialogue but she's getting such important messages about friendship, about love, about the environment, about being yourself, right? Wally's unashamedly himself. Isn't that wonderful that we're getting to see it? And we're getting that through a robot, like this, that's special. And, I, and she just like was completely entranced by this film. Like Kevin and I had these Wally toys, Wally and Eva toys, and now they're hers. In fact, I'll get our little toy collection out and send you a picture. <laughs> yeah. And, I, you know, and the fact that she was two... And this film spoke to her. You know, the amount of films we have to turn off because she's either scared, we'll talk about that during Coco, uh, <laughs> stop being mean to a dog, um, or she's just not getting it. And these are Disney films that will turn off. She's just, she's just like, I'm just, not, I'm just not interested in Snow White. And she's like, I'm just, I've got no time for it. It's not doing anything for me. And this, she's just in trance and just watching it every day. <clears throat> Good parents. Um, and I think that says a lot as well. Hmm. I also wonder, I mean, I agree with that. I want to read a little quote linking in with something that Dan said. I know we're slowly running out of time and I don't want Megan's pick to be uh, taken off, but I will say there's two things I want to say. One of them is a quote from the captain, which is, but I don't want to survive, I want to live. Mm-hmm. And I think that's very important because I've said before, you get certain individuals who, they never really seem to have fun. And I'm not saying fun is everything in life but it's all about balance you know it's one of the reasons i love that little indie sci-fi film is because it's all about balance that's the key message and that's how i think almost anything in life can be solved in really simple terms it's kind of the starting off point of whether it's weight loss or mental health or working or play or sleep every element of one's life starts with the question of balance and moderation and finding the right amount of x and the amount of y of y and that sort of thing and so I find that I don't want to survive. I want to live really speaks to that. And a lot of people are surviving instead of actually living. Um, and the other thing I want to say before we get into Megan's pick and Megan's opinion on this is I wrote down some connections that I thought were quite interesting between these four movies very briefly. And it's just that of all the films of, of Disney Pixar, you know, I know a lot of them are intermingling because I use similar people, but I just found this interesting that mm-hmm. a guy uh, called uh, Andrew Stanton directed Wally. But he also uh, directed Bugs Life, Finding Dory, Finding Nemo, and then also wrote Toy Stories, Finding Norm- uh, Dory and Nemo, Wally, Monster Inc. and Bugs Life. So that's some of the key older ones, and then Wally. And Wally's the oldest of all of these films we've chosen. And then you've got uh, Lee Unkridge, who directed Coco, where, as well as Finding Nemo, co-directing Toy Story 2 and 3, co-directing Monsters, Inc. And then he also wrote a lot of those films as well. And then you've got Pete Docter, who directed both Up and Inside Out, as well as Souls, uh, Soul and Monsters, Inc. So two of the directors were writers on Monsters, Inc., and the other one directed it. And it's just all these little connections of these three directors, who two of them co-directed a lot of big, major films, but also they just all kind of connect in a certain way. And if we had chosen cards or Incredibles, from what I could see, they weren't connecting with this. So I just thought that was a fun thing I found mm. on my research. 
Cool. Thanks only, for maybe only Mike. I found that cool, but I thought it was good. Well, re- I've already heard this. Mike told me earlier. <laughs> <laughs> so it's link- instantly boring. <laughs> <laughs> but linking in with what Rhea said about The Incredibles being the other film that your daughter watched, there is actually an Easter egg in my film to do with The Incredibles. Um, and what I am going to talk about is Coco. Um, and I'll go for the Easter eggs afterwards because I actually managed to find a quite a few. I did quite a lot of research. So... Um, my choice was Coco. I feel like as a Spanish teacher, it would probably be illegal for me not to choose this movie. Um, so um, this is the one that I picked. So I shall give you a little summary. But before I do, I kind of need to also talk about the Day of the Dead. So Coco is set on Dia de los Muertos, which I'd like to clarify is not the same thing as Halloween, which is what a lot of people think. Wow. It isn't even on the same day. (laughs) So Dia de los Muertos is on the 1st and 2nd of November, and it is believed that that is when the borders between the living and the dead come down and that the spirits of the afterlife can come back and visit their relatives for one or two nights of the year so day of the dead is a holiday to remember loved ones by sharing a meal with them as they would if they were alive is the premise but so the film of coco is as i said set on day of the dead it's about a kid called miguel who loves music his family have banned music because of something his great great grandfather did um so it is the story of him trying to love music and his family not accepting it and in turn he finds out that his well, he finds out who his great great grandfather is and he is a musician he steals his guitar and inadvertently ends up in the land of the dead um so it's all about him trying to kind of reconnect get the blessing from his great great grandfather so that he can return to the land of the living because if he's there past midnight it means that he is dead forever um and then he meets a guy called Hector and they become friends and then it's about their shenanigans on the way more or less uh without spoiling the end of the movie so I feel like that was a very clear cut. That was really good. (laughs) You're on on the ball today. I have seen this film a disgusting amount of times. (laughs) As the the first half. Well, yeah, the the first half of this film I have seen a ridiculous amount of times because of the fact that I get to show it around the Day of the Dead. Um, Do you show it to the kids? Yeah. Oh, I'm so jealous. I thought thought you were going to say because you fall asleep. (laughs) <laughs> no it's not no I'm for, yeah this time it's not because I fall asleep it's because I get to watch the first half and then I never get to finish it, um, it... sorry it... Oh, yeah sorry no go ahead uh, I, I was going to go on to a different point so if it links to this Dan feel free it does not it does not <laughs> <laughs> I'll shut up so well, I, I chose this film A I'm a I'm a Spanish teacher so for me it's quite nice being able to see different cultures come into light um it's great because it does allow people to kind of understand different cultures and enlighten people as to the fact that it's not the same thing as halloween because obviously halloween is all about like trick-or-treating being spooky obviously it has a longer history than that and it's all hallows eve and it, it comes from paganism doesn't it mm-hmm. um halloween. Yeah, I- island and yeah uh Sawan. Yeah, it's more sinister, whereas Day of the Dead is not uh, a sinister or somber celebration. It is a party. It's it, <laughs> it's a fun time to be with family and to remember loved ones. Um, it's a really old celebration. It dates back over 3,000 years to the Aztecs. Um, and nowadays it's kind of linked with that pre-Hispanic era mixed with Christianity. And then we have the, the Day of the Dead. Um, but 
I think it's cool because you see so many different things from Mexican culture in it. So you've got like gritos, which are specific things that they do in singing. So when you see the talent show, you see Miguel do a grito at the beginning, which is when he yells out. And that links to the Mexican Independence Day. It's meant to represent the battle cry that launched the rebellion um, like in 1810. It's an expression of joy. And then you've also got alebrijes in there, which are the colorful, bright creatures um, and their Mexican folk art sculptures. And their role is used to link the spirits to the real world and guide that person throughout their lives. And it can help people become who they're supposed to be, which is obviously what happens in the film with, with Miguel and Dante, which is obviously the dog. Um, I just think it's really nice and it allows kids, especially, or not even just kids, anyone that watches it to understand and appreciate a completely different culture that they might not be used to and have a better understanding of things. And I think it's a really good teaching point, like aside from just watching the film, <laughs> which is easier for me as a teacher, I can just be like, yeah, Day of the Dead, crack it on because it's Spanish. Well, Spanish, yeah, Spanish speaking. Um, I always do a lesson about the Day of the Dead as well. And I distinctly remember a couple of years ago, I was talking about this and I kind of link it to like my grandparents. And I'm like, I'm obviously don't celebrate Day of the Dead because it's not my culture, but there are lessons from it that you can take. So like, obviously Day of the Dead isn't about being sad that your family members are gone. It's about remembering them and learning from them and passing it on to future generations and appreciating and remembering the happy things that those people did. So whenever I taught this lesson, I'd always be like, oh, like when I think about my nan, I don't think of the fact that she's not here anymore. I think of the fact that she would drink a little bit too much wine on Christmas and would spill gravy down herself and stuff like that. Um, and I remember a couple of years ago, one of my students suddenly getting really like, you could see physically he was sad. And it turned out that he was going to his nan's funeral the very next day. And he was like, this has actually really helped me kind of process what's happened and i was like yay it's like yeah. that's exactly what it should be you shouldn't be remembering all the yeah. all the sad times but it's almost like this and up go together quite well don't yeah they? they're, they're the two sides of it's almost like before death and what death does to who you leave behind and almost a, an interpretation of what happens to people after death so it's another little connection there but yeah i'm gonna just quickly go through some easter eggs and then you guys will stop hearing me talk which i'm sure everyone's like this is the longest I've ever heard Megan speak. Unless you've heard it. Unless you've heard it. I feel like you did I'll be honest, I was balling up a little bit when you were talking about that kid then. He was a really sweet kid as well. I really liked that that kid. He was nice. But so, one of the things I think is really cool about this film, and this isn't necessarily an Easter egg, but in The Land of the Dead, You've got, obviously, all of the bridges made out of the marigolds, which are the specific flowers that they use at Dia de los Muertos, and they're supposed to guide the ancestors to the, the spirit world and the living world. But if you look at the buildings in the Land of the Dead, the towers of the buildings are built like the buildings in Mexico. So at the bottom are all of the older homes. So you'll notice that there's like Aztec and Mayan ruins and then as you gradually get up you go onto the colonial period and then the revolution period and then you go on to modern day so wow. you see the like growth of the different types of houses that they have which i think is really cool it's amazing um the riviera family um started their shoe business in 1921 which is the year that walt disney had his first animation which is quite cool and then there's a few easter eggs i'm not going to say them all but linking into the incredibles um, when Hector and Miguel are making their way to the talent show, you can see a poster 
of the Incredibles as skeletons on the wall, <laughs> which is cool. Um, speaking of Alebrijes, which are the colourful animals, you can see a Nemo one, a Dory one, a couple of other characters, and you can also see Doug from Up as as an Alebrije form. Um, you can see on the door of the Bureau, Bureau of Family Grievances, which is where the family go to be like, why can't I go onto the land of the living? <laughs> um, the door number is A113, which is the classroom used at the California Institute of Arts that a lot of the studio staff use, which is cool. Um, then you can see the Luxo ball on a Lucho mask at one point. One of the performers on the talent show is wearing the same, same T-shirt as Sid from Toy Story. <laughs> Uh, you can see at one point the Pizza Planet van and the logo and then kind of linking in with the Day of the Dead. So you've got the ofrendas, which is where you put the, the pictures of your family members and that allows the spirits to go through from the land of the dead to the land of the living in a way to like honor them and remember them. But right at the end of the film, they have a digital ofrenda, which has pictures of people connected to Pixar that are no longer here so that we're remembering them. One oh, of them wow. was Steve Jobs, who was a former CEO of Pixar. And then you've also got Don Rickles, who was the voice of Mr. Potato Head. <laughs> yeah. So there's lots of really cool things in this film that like intertwine with the culture and then just intertwine with like loads of different films, which I think is awesome. But yeah. I think all of that ties into what a sensitive approach they've taken to make this film um you know I, I, I know there's some there's been some controversy about the mama coco character so they went and took some photographs of the real life woman that she's based on and then sort of they didn't then really acknowledge it but not in any bad way because it's like classic pixar it's more like the family's not even asking for any money it's more like could you just say that like you took a picture of her and that's what you based Mama Coco on and that's it. And I love that that's the only controversy about this film yeah. because they took so much time to understand the culture. You know, they've got an all Latino cast, which when this was made, is incredibly unusual. And it paved the way for films like Encanto, right? Who had first foreign language song in one of the best, so in best song um, Oscar category, which is, hugely important because Coco's all of Coco's songs are in English but it made that stepping board for a song to not be in English be a winning song right which is like mad that people that for western countries who are the people who the Oscars are <laughs> aimed at you know for that to happen so it's and so it it's not only is this a great film and it teaches us so much, you know, it's teach again, it's teaching us about grief, but in but the celebration of grief. We've recently had a, a death in the family and we had the exact same conversation. Like, why is it sad? Why can't we be happy? When I and this is what we were like asking about myself when I do, I want people to celebrate my life. Hopefully, I've like lived a really happy life and I want people to celebrate that. I want them to have good memories. I want them to be dancing and singing and all of that sort of stuff. And we should stay connected to our ancestors, right? I think that's really important. But also, so it's got those really important messages and it's brought to us in not only a joyful way, but a beautiful way. This film is absolutely stunning to, to, to both listen to and see. And and the music, I mean, we don't have enough time, but we could talk about the music of this film. Mm. That could be a whole other podcast. But the fact that it's been made with love and care and reverence and joy for the culture and it's a stepping stone for other things. I truly believe that this film has made other films with all people of colour casts 
possible. Yeah, and it was also like, although, yeah, as you said, that, that I think there's maybe one song in this whole film that is in Spanish. It's the one that, um, what is it, Mama Imelda sings oh, when yes, she's trying she to does. distract yeah, him. Yeah. Mm. Um, but it, yeah, it allows other films to be able to just have the the Spanish speaking. This is the only Disney Pixar film where the characters sing, apart from possibly Soul. Isn't that amazing? And I read this really great article because when I was watched this film, I, I remember when it came out, people reviews weren't really connecting with it. I was a bit like, I I, I think this film's amazing, but reviews were sort of like good to middling. And I, so I thought I'd have a look into it. And I was reading, I am gonna absolutely butcher how to pronounce this so I completely apologize but it's a it's a website called oh my god Rem, Remzel Rems, Remsclar maybe I don't know we'll include the link I can only apologize <laughs> um my whole life dream is well that's not true I've had lots of dreams but I've always wanted to learn different languages but when I was younger people told me I shit at it so I never did it and I'll regret that as an adult don't listen to other people Anyway, but they they bought I brought together a collection of reviews from Latino film reviewers, and it really helps you understand what sort of a watershed moment this film is. So we should include that link in the show notes. I'll send it around because it's so interesting seeing it from that view as well, and it's really enlightening. And I think it's important for you, for people to read after watching this film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I would like to add with this film is one thing I love about it is word balance. Once again, it shows that music is incredibly important, but so is family. And it's saying that don't leave your dreams in the dust, but don't, uh, but don't, you know, abandon your family. And I think Moana continues that sort of theme of it's not all or nothing. It's not, you can still be a musician and not abandon your family. You can still be a family person, but still live your dreams and be an individual. You can go against what your family want in certain respects, but that doesn't make you a bad person or wrong. You just have to learn to have it. They have to deal with it or how you can deal with them, or you may get to a place where you can show them how it means to, what it means to you and about communication and things. And it can take both sides, both Miguel and also his family. Uh, primarily it's Mama Imelda, isn't it? That's his. So Mama Imelda is his great, great grandmother. Yeah. Then you've got Mama Coco, which is the, great grandmother which is the really old one yeah and then i actually can't remember of the name that of the the, the grandma who hits people the, with gra- her shoe. the grandmother that hits people with her shoe <laughs> that forces Love him that. to eat tamales <laughs> she's the the, uh, the, the <laughs> matriarch mean, yes please <laughs> yeah just shove them in my mouth come yeah. on <laughs> well, that matriarch of the family she's the one that he has to kind of convince in a lot of ways and the rest of the family just kind of step back and yeah. don't want to and it's the same with mummy imelda she's the matriarch the rest of them don't really do anything without her say and in canto i think plays with this a lot as well mm. which is that whole thing of you you don't a family doesn't have to split apart due to a disagreement but you both sides have to kind of make way even if you are in the right in theory like miguel who is in by watching this from the perspective is he's right in a lot of ways he's not right in every way but he is right that music's important and you can learn lots of things but he's got tunnel vision to a point where he is wrong about something he thought and his family are wrong about something else that they thought. And because of misunderstanding and lack of communication and just being like, what I'm doing is right. You know, the family's like, this is our business. Miguel's like, it's music. And it's like, there is a middle ground you got to meet. And it's compromised in certain ways without losing your identity. And I think that's what Coco does really well. 
uh, in this. And I think it links up uh, with Up as well, even further with the sort of, you know, afterlife and all those sort of elements of things. But individuality and kind of the, the air quotes baddie without trying to spoil it is there's a similar theme to this one as it is to mm. Up, you know, don't yes. idolize the wrong person in certain ways. Mm. Self-important men. Yeah. Don't meet your heroes. Well, yeah, exactly. Um, um, I I was uh, I really liked like you were talking about Easter eggs uh, there, Megan, and I really liked that uh, Frida Kahlo as a oh, big yeah, part yeah, yeah. of this, which I absolutely love. I love the performance they give and everything. It's like does it need <laughs> on this? fire, and it's on top of a papaya. <laughs> she is, and uh, and then there is a skull, and she's also me, you know, and all this sort of stuff. And, and it's uh, is it yeah, too so, obvious? And that's, yeah, that's my favorite bit. There's milk, and it's it's from my breast, and all this and whatever. Um, <laughs> I'm making a film up now. Um, but then, but then also like El Santo, who was a massive kind of luchador kind of celebrity in Mexico. He was a film star. He, his son was also very popular. Um, which which El Santo means the saint, which I learned. It so does. Even I'm learning Spanish, bringing in the culture. Um, and I and love that er- they... Ernesto de la Cruz is Ernesto of la Cruz. Ooh. Ooh, clever, clever. <laughs> and I love I love that they build in the the sugar skull into their actual skulls and that design. Yeah. Mm. Um, I think it's beautiful. I think the music is amazing. I think, uh, I mean, I'm a sucker for Antonio Banderas uh, in Desperado. So all the Spanish, <laughs> yeah. Spanish guitar music in that is just like, Amazing. So every time I hear a Spanish guitar, I think if I hear any guitars, I do prefer them to be Spanish guitars if I have a choice. Um, you know, that ding, ding, ding. I love, I just absolutely love that that star, that that mariachi music and everything. It's it's gorgeous. A great story, lots of fun, um, really colourful, really vibrant, really interesting. Um, I, I, I quite like the scene where that kind of old guy is he's gone to like borrow the guitar and he just kind Ugh. of... He just fades away, and that I was just thinking about so that. Sad. This film makes every every one of these films makes me cry. So thanks mm. for that. The oh yeah, this, this, was the, this was the last one I watched, and I yeah. like cried in the kitchen doing the tidying up. I was at the end. So. I always forget that the end is sad oh. because I never get to watch the end of the film. Yeah. Mm. So whenever it gets there, I'm like, oh shit, this is actually really upsetting. <laughs> this is what got me the most. That, that got me in this film has like up. Obviously, he's consistently has a lot of sad and very obviousness, mm. but there's the part of the end that we're all, you know, speaking about. Uh, and when that happens, that hit me the most yeah. of all these films. That was where I was the closest to crying is the end of this film. Mm. That got me. Um, so we are more or less at the time. Rhea, mm. you said that this film made your child cry. Yeah. <laughs> so, so <laughs> she's been traumatized by two of these films. The first one was Wally and the giant Wally trying to crush. Ah, oh, Wally. Hmm. <laughs> Why would giant Wally do that? <laughs> I was like so fully traumatized, like having to hug us. And she's watched Coco before, so I was like, oh, I'll put it on with her. It'd be a nice Sunday afternoon. And then as soon as they're mean to the dog at the beginning, I don't like it. It's too scary. Turn it off. <laughs> and I was like, oh, you've watched this before. She's like, so mean to the doggy. And I was like, oh, she's right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> she just like wasn't having any bit. Don't be mean. To Poor me. Dante. I know he's such a cute dog. <laughs> another, another very, very good boy. <laughs> yeah, he is a good boy. Good boy. Is there anything else you want to add, Megan? I don't think so. I think that sums. I think yeah, that's it. 
Those no. words made no real sense, but you get what nice I mean. Nice little sum up. Um, <laughs> more, so, more sense than mine did today. <laughs> well, before I forget, I'll add in here what we're doing next, and then we'll each have final words and plugs and whatever. Um, cool. But the thing that we're going to do next, we've come a nice full circle. We've each had kind of a go at hosting and choosing what kind of a selection we're going to do. So to wrap up 2022 and the year that started Disney Discussions, which will go down in history. There will be a Disney Discussions part in Disney World in 2032. Uh, it will just be lots of podcast-related rides and like a hyperspace mountain with a giant microphone op- going into dance, open mouth. A lot of fun. We've got a lot of plans. The There'll be a, a shooting machine, and each time you shoot a target, it just goes, it was all right. It was all right. It was shooting right. me. You're shooting this my faces. It does that. The best idea oh. <laughs> um yeah and uh, you get a high score that's funny uh, <laughs> sorry um <laughs> the soundtracks of megan that's it it's megan land um give me a willy give me a willy <laughs> that's only at night time that's only at the night time ones you have to pay extra the adult ones you have to go to the adult ones exactly oh my um, god this is the best thing I've uh, ever it's had. a dog world ride well, anyway <laughs> sorry. yes that's my one we're gonna have to save this for we've actually got two vaguely disney discussions um um, so uh, one of them is the main Disney discussion. The other is like a minor spin-off. Uh, but the main next Disney discussion to finish off 2022 is going to be a Christmas special. Uh, so we're all going to choose a film um, either distributed or created by Disney. Uh, and I think that they they don't have to be live action. They can be animated, but we'll figure it out when we get there. Uh, but that's what you guys can look forward to. Uh, and then also myself and Megan uh, just got back from Disneyland Paris uh, yesterday. Uh, and yeah, Rhea yesterday. is going there uh, in the next month, I believe. So we're going to do a little podcast about our experiences at Disneyland Paris and those sort of thoughts as well. Uh, so that'll be like a nice little Disney discussions bonus episode, which will be coming. And then in 2023, we'll start the cycle again. Um, not doing the same topics to clarify. We're all going to choose different things. Rhea sequels. Pff. Um, and I'm sorry, that wasn't actually Rhea's choice. It was, we it all decided. I was like, let's just go for it. We let's all decided we do it at and some how point. How much did I regret that? I was like, fuck me. A lot of people love it though. They said it's a hilarious podcast they enjoy. But we've all got new topics to tackle and weird and wonderful Damn. things we're going to be doing in the next, mm. in the new year. Um, but yeah, that was all I wanted to sort of announce. And then uh, we can all say our final pieces and goodbyes. Hello. Well, goodbye. <laughs> my, for hello. <laughs> my podcast is non-existent, as we're aware at this point. Um, but are you a podcaster, me. though? It depends on the mood. Yes, you are. on the day. So I, uh, I, you'll find me on Genuine Chit Chat at points. Uh, and then you'll just see me pop up here, there, and everywhere, to be honest. I just appear in random places at random times. Um, and pop up can... pirate. It's a barrel of laughs. <laughs> Uh, but you will find me on Patreon, otherwise on Mike's genuine chit chat Patreon, or Grits Gets Fit on Instagram, where I never post anymore, but I sometimes post a picture of my dog. So there, that's me. Why? Why do you need to get fit, Megan? You already are. Oh, oh, boom. It's true. Beautiful. Ah, oh, thanks. She's gonna change <laughs> the handle now to get fitter. Yes. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, well, I'll, I'll go next, just because I'm in the same room, so it's easier. Um, so yeah, you can uh, find me at Genuine Chit Chat. So, guys, give me that, that face. Absolutely no sense. It does. Yeah, it makes no talking. sense. I'm in the same room. You, I've already started I'm here. talking. I'm doing. I've already I'm made talking. the rules, my friend. I'm editing this. And I'm going to cut. Hey, up. I'm the co-host. Shut up, Ria. You're, you yeah. go you're the co-host. I am the host. I'm the host. Ria, you go next. Oh, come on. Oh, wait. <laughs> it's quiet time. <laughs> it's slow.
Is that what you say to the kids at this school? Is it, this is it, though. This is, how you're, this is how you're paying for it now, Mike. You're yeah. Paying, you're paying for it. This is it. <laughs> and you Do you know what? I'm going to let Mike go first because he's excited. Let's let's keep him going. And I'm really quick when it gets to me. Yeah, and I didn't want to go last because I want to be more about our guests. So that's kind of why, but I don't want to oh, say it. Oh, don't sound like hurry up. Let's go. Uh, uh. Um, you can find me on uh, Instagram, Twitter, and on Facebook at Genuine Chit Chat. You can also find a video version of this on YouTube, which I probably should have said at the start, but oh well. Um, obviously, my laptop's been a bit busted recently, so sorry for lack of video stuff. But go on YouTube. There's loads of things. It's all in playlists. Listen to my Styles podcast. Listen to all the other episodes of Genuine Chit Chat. And on my uh, YouTube channel, there is a playlist for Disney discussions, starting with Dan's sort of pilot episode, which he did by himself before we even decided we'd do Disney discussions, but it kind of sparked a lot of the ideas. Um, so that you can listen to that and then all our other Disney discussions. And as Megan said, the best way to listen to Megan, um, from my perspective, is at <laughs> patreon.com slash genuine chit chat. For as little as one pound a month, you get access to hours and hours of additional content. And in spooky season, there's a new episode almost every other day um, that we've been doing. Lots of recording and stuff. So that's basically it from me. So moving on to Dan. Uh, Spider-Dan and the secret balls.com. Check it out. Good shit. Boom. Done. Well done. Wow. Well done. <laughs> I, I do want to clarify a point that Mike made. Which was when he said the first Disney discussions was Dan just by himself. It's not Dan sat in a room oh, no. <laughs> talking about Disney films. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, I, I want to see that. <laughs> Uh, so come find me at Ria Carrigan on uh, Twitter and Instagram. Keep an eye out for what's happening with Film on Film. Film on Film is changing. It's becoming a collective, some awesome co-authors, co-hosts. It's going to be amazing. So come and join us in the new year. Excellent. Thank you, everyone. This has been Disney Discussions. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. This is why I shouldn't be allowed to host. I'm too fucking awkward. No, oh, you're was great. great. You're great. And that is the end of the podcast. Thank you so much for listening, all of you wonderful listeners on the feed of Comics Emotion or on Genuine Chit Chat. I hope you have enjoyed this with Megan as host. Please let us know how great of a job she did because she doesn't think she did a great job and she still doesn't believe she's a true podcaster, whatever a podcaster means anyway. Um, but obviously, please check out the multiple other episodes of Disney Discussions. I have put in the description where they are found, two of them on the feed of Genuine Chit Chat and one on the feed of Spider-Down the Secret Balls or all of them on YouTube in one easy to find playlist because it's in the description also Rhea did mention about an hour and 15 minutes a latina review site so i've included a link in the description to that where some latino film critics review pixar's coco lots of fun there and obviously make sure you check out spider down and the secret boars obviously on its own feed in itself and make sure you check out Rhea's show femme on film on this very feed of comics in motion uh, i've been on there along with megan to talk about marie antoinette so have loads of other people so just type in femme on film wherever you listen to podcasts and it should show up for your listening perusal. Obviously, links are in the description to Rhea on Twitter and Instagram at Rhea Carrigan, as well as Spider Down the Secret Balls website, as well as his social media, which is slightly different, as well as Megan's Instagram at GritsGetsFit, or you can listen to her at patreon.com slash genuinechitchat. For as little as £1 a month, you will get access to the huge amount of Afterthoughts episodes where Megan puts me in my place, says many funny things, and has some interesting perspectives on a ton of movies. We've done Harry Potter, we've done Star Wars, we've also done indie films, we've done musical performances we've seen live we've even talked about road trips and stuff so a wide variety of ways to hear megan's voice 
But in addition to that, what else is going on? Well, on feed of Comics in Motion, obviously the Andor Weekly Discussion Show is still going on, as well as the, all the other amazing shows on there, including Indie Comics Spotlight, my Star Wars show, Styles Comics and Canon, Mandatory Music and CD, Classic Comics, Seasons Greetings, loads of stuff. Plus, Ryu is also involved in a recent House of the Dragon roundtable discussion on Comics in Motion, so make sure you listen to that as well. It has been released within a week of this episode, so you don't have to go far to find it. Obviously check out Spider-Dan's show as well, there are countless episodes to check out in his back catalogue, and as we get near the festive season, he does alternativity stories, uh, which are really, really cool things, and I think this year he's tackling Batman Returns, uh, I believe with Angry Andy and Miss Tonya Todd, who's obviously on the feed of Comics in Motion uh, plenty of times, and has been on the feed of Genuine Chit Chat as well. For Genuine Chit Chat, we've got Frank Burton coming on the show very soon, but... Also, for you fans of Disney discussions, don't you worry, we're not done quite yet. I think I mentioned it at the end of the recording, but we are going to be doing a Disney discussions Christmas. We have selected the four movies, so I will reveal them here just so you can get watching. Uh, So we're doing Nightmare Before Christmas, Muppets Christmas Carol, The Santa Claus 2, and also Ernest Saves Christmas. Uh, So they all have to have been either released by Disney or distributed by Disney, and Muppets Christmas Carol was the first Muppets property to be distributed by Disney. So lots of fun there. It's going to be a really cool um, discussion. We're going to make sure we get that recorded and released before Christmas. Otherwise, kind of, what's the point? Uh, And then in 2023, we've got plenty of other cool things planned. We're going to start the cycle all over again with who's hosting. So I think I will be the first person for that. I'm still torn on what I'm going to do. I think I have a pretty good idea of where we're going to go. But I'll talk about all that stuff when the Christmas Disney discussions gets released. But that's enough from me. Obviously, you can find me at Genuine Chat Chat on Instagram, Twitter, and on Facebook. Plus on the feed of Comics and Motion and on the feed of Genuine Chat Chat and in lots of other cool places too so thank you for listening as always the four of us hugely appreciate it we hope you have a wonderful time this november and we'll speak to you for the christmas disney discussion special hello spider dan here of the spider dan and the secret balls podcast just wanted to give you a quick introduction on what i do and why you should check it out my main mission for the podcast is to spotlight the best kept secrets in entertainment that a mainstream audience may find boring I have various guests from all walks of life, including friends, family, comic book professionals, and actors, while also doing the odd solo podcast and Patreon YouTube video here and there. If you like entertaining and informative discussions, and are sick of content creators covering the same old MCU and Netflix programming, take a walk on the wild and the weird side. Swing over to spiderdanandthesecretballs.com for all the information you may need, such as links to the podcast, social media accounts, and how you can support the podcast. That's spiderdanandthesecretballs.com. That's B-O-R-E-S. Thanks for joining me, and as always, prepare for prattle.